Welcome to Sodor Illusions. We are back on the island of Sodor. If you follow my Facebook page, you have probably seen a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine memes lately, which meant that it was just a matter of time before we went and did one of our favorite recurring features here on Sodor Illusions, Thomas the Tank Engine and Chill. And uh, if you're a longtime listener of this particular feature, I'm sure you're absolutely dying for the Terrible update. Um... News, actually. I did get a new job about a month ago. Um, so I've been working in person in an office with real live human beings besides just Ian. Um, so Ian's been home alone in the apartment, um, which gives her a lot of time to make those great Thomas memes. <laughs> um, so I get texts of them throughout the day, and then I get shown them when I get home, too. They're really quality. They're very funny. Some of them are pretty disturbing. If you haven't seen them, go check out them. Um, but that's basically, yeah, brought to you by me being out of the house. So you're welcome. <laughs> I did make a meme about the, yeah, that's, uh, well, I've done some live videos too. And I'm like, well, why am I doing live videos? My partner's, I'm bored. I have nobody to talk to anymore. My part, my my mom was away too, but now she's back, so she calls, which is uh, which is nice. But uh, Thomas Tankagen, we're on the narrow gauges, which is, you know, this is kind of, <sighs> I kind of envision when we first started Thomas Tankagen and Chill. I, being the natural storyteller that I am, I thought of this kind of as a three act structure, of essentially the, the scope of the feature, and we've expanded it a little bit since then. But originally it was okay. We would have the Ringo Star, and this is, we cover Thomas the Tank Engine, the VHS tapes with the American narration, uh, the same episodes, just different narrators for England, and if you didn't watch them uh, on the VHS or DVD release, these episodes are online, uh, we list the episodes that we cover in the description, so everybody will be able to follow along, but this is just the way that we do it, it's, you know, probably one of the few ways we can do it, but... So, essentially, from a three-act structure point of view, we had the first act, which is, like, the Ringo Starr era in America, and then the second act would be the first half of George Carlin's tenure leading up to the narrow gauges, so uh, Trust Thomas through uh, Percy's Ghostly Trick. So now we are... is Rusty to the Rescue, which is the one we're covering today, is kind of the beginning of... Kind of the end of what I initially viewed as the scope of this particular feature. We are going to do... Well, we have really breaking news. Uh, a former Mr. Conductor and the star of Thomas's Magic Railroad has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Tragic. Uh, well, we're not covering him yet. We probably... At the rate that we're going, we'll probably cover him in like a few years. We'll do more. <laughs> it's been a long time since we did Thomas Tank and Ginger Chill. Some of that was intentional. I mean, some of it, summer, all of that. I've been busy. This show was on hiatus for a long time. But uh, without further ado, narrow gauges, uh, they're a lot of fun. And in the books, the Rev Audrey's, uh, the books that he wrote and that his son Christopher took over, they have some of the best stories, and especially kind of in the, as, as the series progressed. I know a lot of people, if you aren't familiar with the books, you may kind of see the narrow gauges as kind of a cash grab to create all of these new merchandise all the new, uh, you know, wooden trains, metal trains. Yeah, and I mean, the, sh the series did, did heavily lean into that as time went on. Now that I think they're pretty much, they might be owned by a toy company now. But, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah, Mattel owns them. I'm almost positive Mattel owns them. They might own Power Rangers too, actually, now. Uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's, 
they were the narrow cages were actual characters in the source material so that's not a cash grab and actually kind of it's a way more there's an even uh narrower gauge than that i'm blanking on the actual name but there's even smaller engines the the defining feature of the narrow gauges yeah uh are they minis you know, I don't know the answer to that. I know one of them, the new guy, was named Jock. There was three originally, and they had a mini diesel, the even smaller ones. Yeah, those would be the Arlesdale Railway, and to my knowledge, they're not in the show. But we have the narrow gauges, which are smaller. And also, I mean, what's kind of weird, and we'll go through this as we go through this tape, is the idea that they're initially presented through the perspective of the regular engines. Thomas, it's a bedtime story, tells the story of Grandpuff, which is... Uh, the first episode that of, of this tape, but they're kind of presented as these sort of newish, distant, faraway people. And then throughout the tape, we get cameos from Thomas and Gordon repeatedly, which kind of suggests that uh, the narrow gauges are actually right there, and Sir Topham Hatt is in charge of them in the books. He's referred to as the fat controller, the thin controller. Because I guess, you know, we have to have... Op it has to have everything in the island of Sodor has to be some sort of binary. If you have the fat controller, you have to have the thin controller. He runs the narrow gauges in the books. But I think it probably makes more sense for the purposes of the show to streamline it and just have Sir Tom Hatt in charge of everybody. But at the same time, it is kind of odd that they're presented as, oh, it's this new thing. We've never seen their narrow gauge track before. But, although, by the way, Gordon and all of them will interact with these people. Rusty can go and talk to Duck and Douglas just on a whim. And they've been here all the time. And it's 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 a weird kind of dynamic. Do you think it was odd how they kind of presented the narrow gauges yeah, alongside? I didn't realize that they were really supposed to be owned by different people in the books. Because in these episodes, they do kind of reference, like, this is our railway versus another railway um and then when they're rescuing stephanie at the end they even say like oh good we're kind of back in our own rail now we're not in this foreign land even though i'm pretty sure they've been to that scrapyard before yeah. and i mean co continuity wise they've been there recently i mean rusty goes and mentions uh oliver when when uh pretty sure rusty's a girl i think uh <laughs> to I don't know. Rusty might be a boy. I don't know. I've always thought of Rusty as a girl. I'm just thinking. I think I could see her as like a good like lesbian tomboy kind of engine. I could see that. Definitely, you know, an opposite from Daisy. Okay, I'm pretty sure that Rusty is a boy, and yet that's this is this is honestly while we're recording the first time I've ever thought about this. I have always gendered Rusty feminine. <laughs> that's very odd. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic. I don't want to get too far. We'll cover. Uh, well, Rusty helps Peter Sam out's the name of one episode, and then Rusty to the rescue is the following one. Uh, we will certainly get into how helpful Rusty is in a certain one of the episodes. But what Tara just brought up is very interesting because in Grand Puff, and we will finally, after all of this time, start actually doing. There's only six episodes now that, instead of seven, which is what most of the older ones used uh, episode tapes that we would have covered. Uh, most of them had seven. Now it's six in a song, so these will be shorter normally. But because oh, but of we the... should talk about the song in yeah. depth. Gone fish. Maybe yeah. we should talk about it first. <laughs> no, we're not talking about it first. No, it's at the end of the tape. We are starting with Grandpuff, and Grandpuff, we've got uh, the kind of the core eight, what was later referred to as the steam team. Uh, Thomas, all of them are in the shed. 
Thomas Sonato's branch line. He's telling the story, and he's telling about these three engines that lives in their own railway. I've got to imagine, like, I I looked at when this would have come out. I think I probably got this tape in 1996. I was born in 91, so I would have been about five. Looking back on it, it's pretty confusing. And I don't remember necessarily being confused by it, but I think it is kind of confusing that these narrow gauges are presented in, in kind of story form, and yet... You have Stuart and Falcon who become Peter Sam and uh, Sir Handel, and in the books they are initially uh, blue and green, but then when they get to the Scarlowy Railway, they become uh, red, and everybody besides du- uh, Duncan, Scarlowy, Reneus, Peter Sam, uh, and Sir Handel are all red, and Rusty's actually black, not orange, and Duke looks the same, but everybody else. And there's another Diesel named Fred who I don't think ever makes an appearance in the show. But, uh, so Thomas tells the story of these engines who lived on their own railway. And there's Duke, Stuart, and Falcon. And Duke's old, and he's named, he's he's really proud of his name. He's, because he's named after the Duke of Sodor. And, I mean, it's kind of cool that he's named, is he really named after the Duke of Sodor? He's named after the title of the Duke of Sodor. His name's Duke, uh, but, uh, it's great because whenever the little uh, rascals do something that he doesn't like, he will say, that will never suit his grace. Do you think we should start saying that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Gra- they call him Grandpa. I mean, he sounds kind of like a Grandpa. You know, he's like, you know, I could imagine him saying to them, you know, back in my day, we had to pull the express uphill both ways. You, I mean... The one time he's really saying that would never suit his grace, it seems like Sir Handel and, and Peter Sam, they push two freight cars, and they're doing kind of like a tug-of-war type scenario. They're playing the engine version of the Squid Game. Uh, they're pushing it together. That that actually does look pretty dangerous. But, um, boy, this story, talk about fucked up. We've talked about some really fucked up things in this uh, series over the years. Smudger. Smudger has honestly got to take the cake. And actually, with... The kind of the beauty of Smudger within Grandpuff is it's Thomas telling the engines a story about Duke telling Stuart and Falcon a story about Smudger. So Smudger is actually almost kind of like an Inception-style character because he's the product of a story within a story. Now, Smudger is a naughty engine who uh, was rude and uh, ran, he, he ran roughly. He wasn't very... Uh, he he was he was abusive. Uh, I, you know the, these people have drivers and fire engines. It's it's kind of hard how he got. Uh, it's kind of weird how he would have uh, been able to get off the rails. And uh, Duke is telling this story basically because Peter Sam said we're only young once. Decades before YOLO became a thing, we have Peter Sam basically saying to, to Grandpa, "We're only young once." But Smudger. Smudger was uh, rude, and Duke Duke tried to warn him, but it didn't work. Smudger was a douchebag, and Smudger's actually just Reneus, who's painted green, and Reneus uh, is featured several times in this tape, uh, and he's mentioned. He's he's featured as a background character. He's supposed to be at the works. So Sir, when Sir Handel and uh, Peter Sam originally come to the Scarlowy Railway in the books, that's the cue for Reneus to. Uh, go and get fixed, because he and Scarlowy, also in the book, celebrate their 100th birthday. They're based off of engines in the Talon Railway in, I think it's in Wales. Uh, so they are meant to be kind of stand-ins for historical engines. They're extremely, extremely old. They're even old, older than Edward. And we actually, 
Grandpa, you know, Toby doesn't play a big part in this tape, but but Grandpa himself is kind of a parallel to Toby. They're both shut away. Uh, Toby's only shut away very briefly because uh, the stout gentleman sends for him. But uh, we have that dynamic. We're getting a little ahead. We really can't. We really can't abandon Smudger though, because Smudger, Smudger tried and Smudger was rude, and I guess nobody got through to him. But. Uh, Sm- Smudger gets turned into a boiler. They get sick of him. And it's not like they warn him very often. In fact, what's kind of interesting about the whole Smudger scenario is is Smudger it gets derailed a few times. Fal- uh, Falcon, Sir Handel, does kind of far worse in this tape multiple times across. Is he? Why is he not turned into a boiler? Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, did you think Smudger... So Smudger gets turned into a generator... In the, I guess maybe a boiler also. He has a boiler, maybe the generator, maybe they used him to power. He could boil tea back there. They put him in the back of the shed, and and Duke almost kind of like spitefully or or sort of like a, we got him. He goes, he'll never move again. That's, and he's supposed to be behind them. He's supposed to be in their shed. He's supposed to be behind their shed. So presumably Stuart and Falcon would pass by him probably multiple times a day, and yet they have no idea who Smudger is. Isn't that really sort of, isn't there something that's like really profoundly messed up about that whole dynamic? Mm-hmm. And then also the fact that in the next episode they save Grandpuff, but not Smudger. That's true. He's never mentioned again. No, I'd, I'd basically forgotten about him. I was like, oh yeah, there, there was this story within a story about Smudger. And actually, they show like when the when the explorers are going around canvassing the area, they see what I what does kind of look like the ruins of the shed, and there's no smudger there, and he's not. Well, maybe he, someone else saved him. That's interesting. He's been turned into a generator. I just like you see him, and he's he's they've 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 they they didn't build him into the shed they they left him space so that he's exposed to the elements and he yeah. can see people and he looks depressed and uh, they turn him into a generator he'll never move again it's and nobody goes to rescue him i mean and isn't smudger kind of a douchey name wasn't this kind of like a na- is this a nature versus nurture type scenario what what was Smudger supposed to be? It's just this. They they they've never heard this story before. The nurse said, "Hey hey, you know what's up with that engine behind the shed? What's what's he up to?" And he can't talk. He can't move. Apparently, he has a face. He can't move. Oh my god! It's like the it's it, there's like an element of Jane Eyre with Rochester's wife that he keeps locked up in the attic. I mean, it it really kind of feels like the same thing here. Jane Eyre is a profoundly messed up... I, of all the class, I No. I like it. Do, do you think... Who do you think is more sympathetic? Rochester's wife or... Sm- do you think Smudger should have burned the... Did... Oh, actually, no. did Smudger burn the shed down? Quite possibly. I think he is a generator... You know, because mm-hmm. he, he moves off his rails a bit. Maybe he moved with the generator, started a fire, and burned the shed down. I think we actually... Maybe I, he's what closed the mine. Yeah, maybe the bad vibes. I don't know. I mean, I mean, what's also just kind of odd is so this is supposed to be like a scared straight type scenario. Like, you know, if he's not that Randall was gay, turned heterosexual, but like he was naughty and now he walks the straight and narrow path. Uh, he, 
apparently, like, this was supposed to be some sort of impactful part of his life, and yet at the same time, he continues to be bad later. He didn't think of Smudger. Shadrop and Matt didn't say, hey, you know, remember Smudger? I've heard about him. Smudger... Maybe the energy of Smudger went and impersonated uh, Boulder is uh, yeah. attacks the narrow gauges. Maybe Smudger's channeling the same kind of vibes. Uh, Boulder's an Alec Baldwin episode, though. We'll save that for another time. Um, yeah, we have George Crotman here. This is... Ay, ay. So, anyway. Basically, the railway uh, starts to inhabit, like, uh, basically the circumstances that got Trump elected in 2013. Uh, coal country, the miners, uh, Island of Sodor probably started relying more on uh, renewable energy. I mean, they have windmills there. Maybe that's what they were using. So the mine, the mine takes a tumble, probably crippling the local economy. So... Peter Sam, the, the the railway is not sustainable. And another theme we see later with the Bluebell Railway, which needs an engine, but also can afford to have that engine just leave and go because he's depressed. He has to go. Uh, we'll we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, the the whole mine they they close it down and uh, people come and they buy Stuart and Falcon. They change their names. It's kind of fucked up, also. But they don't want Duke. So what are they going to do? Is Duke going to go to a museum? Is Duke going to go to a heritage railway? I mean, I think kind of the beauty of the narrow gauges kind of are in their own way a heritage railway, which uh, the UK has done an absolutely beautiful job preserving all of those. It's really, really wonderful. And I think the Rev Audrey was definitely channeling all of that in these books. But so Duke goes and uh, he gets oiled and greased up one more time so he can look at Grinder when he's on the shed. He goes and uh, it's really messed up because he's uh, he's he's gonna he's got his little uh, like his bonnet almost. They give him like a little hat mm-hmm. and they say, you know, uh, he'll go to sleep and help pass the time. Kind of what's passing the time? He's what's his what does he have to look forward to in his life anymore? It's kind of over now at this point. And uh, he's gonna. It's basically they're leaving him for dead. And uh, because these episodes are only oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There has been some serious in in that area with the mine. I mean, maybe Smudger closed the mine, but also what is up with the state of the terraforming of that area? Because it seems in just a short matter of years, there's mudslides that basically render. It, that's that's several decades worth of of like mudslides and and agriculture and it's it's odd that 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 it, this kind of thing wouldn't have been a problem when they were operating the railway it's only a problem in the years after they closed that so much mud falls all over duke that we that he's just he's he's completely invisible to everybody and because these episodes are only 5 minutes this has to end on a cliffhanger. They've got to do a, a, a two-parter. Is it's it's very were you were you really thrown off by the amount of terraforming in this episode? Yeah, and also it seems that there are trees growing, like not like big hulking giant trees, but they were growing. Yeah, I mean, how does time move in this type of situation? It's very. Very odd. It's also very sad. They say no one wanted Duke, so Duke just has to go in a shed and is 
So his driver and fireman abandoned him, and yet Stepney at the in the diesel shed, his his driver is just chilling in in, in his bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't go home. Doesn't you know? Not even Percy's driver wouldn't stay with him when he had to go on the the uh, siding in Thomas Percy and the Dragon. It's it's odd. I mean, it seems like these drivers and firemen are very inconsistent with in, in terms of uh, what they're what they'll do for the love of their engine. It's very uh, it's sad, and and Duke also he's old enough that he's he's not jaded about it. He he kind of takes his lot, and Stuart and Falcon say they'll rescue him, and he's kind of like yeah okay, and that's that. I mean this is this is what a mess. This is a really what a what a way to introduce. I mean Percy notes you know you can't have the story end on a sad sad ending. What a weird way to introduce the narrow gauges to everybody. It's almost not worth it to... I mean, so, these episodes are still following Shining Time, so they they do with these, you know, they, the, the five-minute five segment. For the VHS, it wouldn't really matter. You wouldn't necessarily need a recap. Also, one, one quick note in between the episodes, because if you're following the VHS tape, they have the intermission where they show the nameplates of the engines and stuff. For Peter Sam's nameplate, and... At this point, we don't know that they're going to be renamed Stuart, uh, Peter Sam and Sir Handel. So if you're a little kid, you got to be pretty confused about this. Mm-hmm. But they're also showing Peter Sam's new funnel, his special funnel, that uh, he ha- he's not using yet because he hasn't had his accident yet. And he hasn't had his new funnel yet either. So that's kind of a complete mess. But uh, So Sleeping Beauty, it's an odd dynamic if you're watching a tape to have the following episode basically be like, Okay, let's recap the uh, previously on about a minute ago. And this is a five-minute episode. We'll spend a little bit of time uh, telling you what just happened. Isn't that uh, very exciting? So apparently a lot of years have gone by, and there's been a lot of terraforming that, uh, God, I mean, it's like Animal Crossing-style terraforming. It takes like two seconds. He's been in his shed. Uh... One nice bit of continuity and a beauty of the fact that uh, the narrow gauge, sort of one of the nice products of the fact that the narrow gauges have been around. They were in the source material. So Sir Topham Hatt in his office has a picture of Duke that's been around for a while. We had to have mentioned it in other episodes. I'm blanking off the top of my head. But uh, some explorers come and they go and they want to rescue Duke. And what's interesting, what's actually, what's very, very interesting about this whole dynamic is that they have a lot of maps and they seem to know exactly where Duke is. And yet, I mean, uh, this is uh, this is definitely, this is an adventure to try and figure out where the hell he is. It's very odd. So Scarloe is pulling the expedition, which, I mean... It's odd because I mean, Reneus isn't ar- is is not really part of the narrative, but he's in tons of back he's in background scenes in every episode. I think of this tape, at least all of them that feature the the narrow gauges. Uh, they need a generic engine to just like go on the expedition to find. It's odd that that Peter Sam and Sir Handel are credited with going back when Grandpa uh, wakes up and says, "Oh, so they did remember." I mean, they they had no part of this plan to rescue Duke. This was like some random explorers, a group of adventurers who are going to look for him. It's not like they... I I would really love to know more about the circumstances leading up to this expedition because it it doesn't seem like 
anyone was was like, oh yeah, let's find a home for Duke. So Matt has a picture of Duke in his office, but hasn't really thought. And steam engines are scarce at this point. They had to go and get Oliver, and they go to get Stepney, and yet nobody's like, hey. We need more engines for work. They even... Rusty goes to join them in this same tape. And yet nobody's like, yeah, we need Duke to go and pull coaches. No, it's like, okay, let's let's not leave this, this poor engine in his purgatory anymore. Which, I mean, is, from a narrative standpoint, probably much more interesting. But, I mean, for a tape and, and a specific era within Thomas lore that is so enriched in the rescuing and the preservation and... and, and it's certainly in Stepney's case as well, the superiority of steam engines. Duke, it's it's this is this is a this is a charity case really to rescue to rescue Duke. So that's all. I mean, it's, think of the money that went into this when like there are always these adventures to get a lost engine or <laughs> with case of Stepney, we just wanted another engine. This is a lot of time and effort. Well, yeah, because they have to excavate him. I mean, frankly, maybe they're pros at this because of of the fact... I mean, maybe, maybe there were a lot of mudslides that they're used to because it didn't seem like... I mean, it would be pretty expensive to excavate this uh, engine from his shed. And I think this is really the one time we'd see an actual tender engine. Granted, a narrow-gauge tender engine. But it, Duke has a tender, and he's on a flat. And Scarlowe and Reneas, though not named, are the ones who go and rescue him. Yeah, this is a tremendous tremendous effort and it doesn't seem like the map was that helpful because they were at one point they're standing on top of the car looking around i mean yeah they're adventurers this is an adventure but yeah it's uh it's it's very odd and he says you know they also say oh now duke can smile again but we duke duke seemed to be smiling when the guy falls on top of him and he's like are you a vandal I mean, would it, would he really be upset if the guy was a vandal? I mean, let's... There's no episode that really... And this is something that actually really bothers me. Duke does not appear, I think to my knowledge, in any single episode that's set in, 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 the, contempt, in the present. It, he only appears in instances where it's a flashback and they're telling a story about the days where they were Stuart and Falcon on the old line. And in the books, I mean, he's a present character. They have that setup uh, of the shed, and I think in in the in the show, the sort of side shed that's next to the main shed is uh, is fits two rails. I think in the books, it might only be one, because they have a lot of scenes in the books where it's all of the narrow gauges, and you'll have they'll basically be facing each other. So, uh, and and that would be hard to shoot from uh. Uh, film standpoint because you just it's hard to fit the cameras in between the guys but uh that was something that the books were able to do and the books did a much bigger job of emphasizing all of the narrow gauges really as kind of like a clique or a group and all friends and on these they they tend to sort of single out one and tell the stories one at a time one character at a time but here you know Stuart and Falcon, they've been renamed, Shandell and Peter Sam, guaranteed to confuse everybody, and they go in, and they see him, and he's sleeping, he's an old man, I don't know, I mean, hasn't he slept enough, why does he, he probably, he didn't drive himself over there, what's he tired for? Give, give the man a cup of coffee, very odd, Duke seems to need to sleep so much. I mean, he's Grandpa, he's an old guy. 
And yet, I'm not sure if he's actually. I'm. I'm not sure if it's ever stated if he's older than Scarlet. So that's huh. that's that's kind of odd. And this is also all being told. It's all being told as, uh, as a flashback. And I mean, maybe maybe Thomas is an unreliable narrator because Peter Sam and Strandall's nameplates are on their uh, engine, even though they're being called Stuart and Falcon. Well, and it was it was a story told to Thomas by his driver. It is quite possible that this was all kind of like telephone or even just intentional allegory gossip through all the drivers. It might not have been their names at all in the first place. Like a lot of this could not be like historically accurate. Well, what's even also kind of messed up. So I mean, engines have to work at night. Duck is in the shed for Grandpa, but and James is not, but James appears and he has a speaking role in this episode, even though he wasn't there for the first part of the story. So, I mean, these people, I mean, they must kind of be used to operating with very limited information. And also one other thing on Duke, because I said he wasn't said in present stories, I think in a, a couple seasons later, they they paint him like they did with Smudger and Reneus. They paint him and use him for Bertram, who God, I've made some really obscure Bertram memes. Uh, he appears in one episode as well and is never heard from again. I don't think he. I'm almost positive he's not in the books, but uh, that's a, that's an odd odd situation. This uh, this Sleeping Beauty thing. I mean, we're getting a ton of new characters, and it's it's just it's it's kind of odd that. It's a very odd way to start the narrow gauges to a TV audience to just dump them with this flashback and, oh, by the way, these character names. It's like they were following the books because all of this did happen in the books, but I think they probably should have changed it. I don't think they needed a name change. It's very odd. They just say, okay, they went from this railway, and now they live here. And, by the way, Smudger is – where is Sm- – You'd think that the scrap of Smudger would still be there. It's very See, odd. See, that's why the story of Smudger, which was basically being told by Grandpuff and the story told by Thomas that was told to him by his driver, Smudger might not have ever really existed. We don't know that for sure. So you're thinking that Duke was full of shit and then that- It's possible. He could have even been talking about himself and his old adventures and then made this up to scare the kids. We will never know as the audience because this was a story within a story within a story. It's Inception. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, and ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the I, fact that they might have shown the shed and those scenes, and Smudger wasn't there, and no one went to go look for Smudger. He might not really be there. That's a good point. Yeah, that's certainly uh, a, a dream within a dream. I love Inception. We haven't done that on the show, but. Uh, um, you have anything else to say about Sleeping Beauty, this whole dynamic? Were you, okay, so I know you, I know you, I know we've watched this, I think like a year and a half ago, maybe I put this on because I wanted a George Carlin era, but not one that we'd already done on this show, and at the time I knew that it would probably be a long time before we got to it anyway, so we watched it. Have you found, did you find the narrow gauges, like their dynamic, uh, confusing at first? Yeah. I didn't realize that, like, all of these people didn't really know each other because they're always talking to each other anyway. Yeah, okay, because, I mean, for me, I remember when, I guess, so some of these would have been covered by Shining Time, 
I don't, for the life of me, remember Shining Time ever really doing an Arrowgate story. And I think it was probably they would have done that right at the tail end of Shining Time. And Shining Time wasn't on PBS in syndication for very long. This is only for American listeners. If you're in Australia or the UK, you probably, if you're listening to this show, you probably know what Shining Time is. But you probably also have a confusing uh, idea of, of Shining Time's role in America. And as somebody who not only lived that, lived through that, but has looked up when looked up old PBS programming schedules, Shining Time wasn't on, didn't it wasn't in circulation reruns for much longer after its original run. Unlike something like Mister Rogers was running, I think still daily or during the week, uh, for like close to ten years after Fred Rogers died. It was it was I think in, he died in like oh one or oh two. He might have died in like oh two. It, it wasn't until like I was in college, basically oh eight oh nine, that that Fred Rogers really left circulation. So Shining Time wasn't like that. So I I just I don't remember these really airing as part of Shining Time. So that's kind of odd. I remember them coming out as tapes. I remember when Rusty the Rescue came out because then they you know they did a whole new line of the uh, wooden trains and stuff. And I I would have been, I mean I was a huge Thomas fanatic, but uh, I was kind of aging out of it. But I have a sister who's ten years younger than me, so. These would have been coming out like the mid, uh, and ninety six, ninety seven. Because I remember when Gallon Old Engine came out. That's the tape. Reneas comes back. He's the Gallon Old Engine. Spoiler, spoiler. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I I I remember this through the train, uh, and I had the books. So like, I remember it. I remember the only really confusing thing was like, okay, here's this bunch of new characters, and you do kind of see. Because it's hard, because we know Rene- we're introduced to Reneas now, but Reneas is not really a part of any of this, and kind of Scarloe isn't either. And in another tape, Scarloe is supposed to make his return in another episode, but we've seen him already, so that's kind of... It, it is... It, I, I asked Tara that question because, I mean, it's confusing. It's very... It's If you're a casual Thomas fan, you're you're probably like, what the hell is this with all of this stuff? But uh, it's it's odd. And then, you know, despite all of uh, despite all of Grandpuff's warnings about Smudger and all of that, the next episode is A Bad Day for Sir Handel. Now, they've kind of told you that he's not Falcon anymore. Now he's Sir Handel. But it's very confusing. Sir Handel gets there, and Sir Handel basically doesn't want to be there. He thinks the shed's dirty. He thinks Scarlet is too old. He's very stuck up. And you know what? He has he didn't make his debut now, but Duncan arrives and he's basically the same way, except he's he's a bit slimier. Srandall's Srandall is standoffish, but I mean Duncan is kind of a scumbag, uh, and he wants a polish from this woman who comes by. That's odd. I think she's actually just a girl. That's that's really creepy, but um, so Srandall doesn't like the uh, coaches. He's rude to them. He says that they're like cattle trucks. Within the books, the coaches of the narrow gauge of the Scarlowe Railway, uh, they have faces in the uh, episode, which is odd because they don't really have personalities within uh, within the uh, show, but they have names in the books. Uh, they have preferences. They have engine preferences. Surprise, surprise, Sir Handel is not very high on their list because he's rude to them. He calls them cattle coaches. I mean, where did he get this snobbish ab- attitude? He went. He went basically from working on a really tiny railway with Stuart with uh, 
with just two other engines. Now he's at a big line. There's big engines all around. Where did he get this attitude? Where Where do you think this attitude came from? It's ridiculous. Presumably, it would have come from Duke. He's basically acting like Duke. He's got this title of Sir. Um, it's kind of like you learn from your parents even when you don't want to. That is a fascinating... You know, I've honestly never thought about that before. That is... Yeah. Rubbed off. So, essentially, within that, the framework of what you're saying, Peter Sam got the sort of nice attributes yeah. of Grandpa. Who, honest, like, let's be honest, Grandpa is not, like, the nicest guy. Grandpa was happy when Smudger lost all free will and he'll never move again. Like, there was, there was, there was oomph. And at, I say there's oomph. We have a narrator who's telling the driver's version to Thomas, to Grandpa. It's like a game of telephone. Maybe mm-hmm. there's not enough. Maybe, but yeah. If if we accept that as true, then Sir Handel got Duke's negative side and Peter Sam kind of got, yeah, that's a yin and a yang kind of. It's like he's Bizarro from uh, Superman. Yeah, that's, well, Bizarro's not really a perfect parallel. Darkwing Duck also had that kind of dynamic. Um, yeah, it's this is very odd. And uh, Sir Handel doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to pull freight cars. So they get uh, very far out, uh, well, before they go on their journey, Sir Handel meets Gordon. And Sir Handel is basically, especially in uh, the episode with George the Steamroller, Sir Handel is definitely positioned as the narrow gauges answer to Gordon. He's arrogant. He, he, He has a huge ego. And unlike Duncan, I mean, Strandall did defeat George. Strandall does kind of have a deserving ego. Duncan is a slimy guy. But uh, he goes, and he actually, Strandall does something here that's incredibly impressive. He makes Gordon speechless because he's talking about how he pulls an express. I don't think really the narrow The idea of an express is kind of antithetical to the narrow gauge. It's a small railway, very laid back. I don't. They don't go fast enough to do an express. That's kind of ridiculous. Uh, so Sir Handel is, uh, leaves him speechless, and, uh, that's a funny scene, though, because, I mean, I think there's, I think there's another episode where Gordon, Arthur Handel interacts with James, but, uh, the, the idea of, the idea of the huge, huge, massive, Gordon is kind of the alpha, the apex of all, the whole Thomas world, and to, to see him interacting with Sir Handel, they're very. I wish we could have had uh, a lot more episodes with them. But actually, what's kind of interesting about this is Gordon Sir Handels talks about not wanting to pull freight cars. This is basically what Gordon suggests to him is to pretend to be ill. Something that Gordon did to James all the way back in Trust Thomas, and he feels really bad about it because Thomas agrees to pull James's freight cars, and then on that bizarre bit of rail that has a single uh, a, a movable bridge for one single engine, yet Thomas is taking freight cars down it. Uh, he drowns, or almost drowns, and there's a toad that's lapping at him. And actually, that whole sequence is shown in the Gone Fishing video. So that's why we should have discussed it first. <laughs> that, that was a quality song. <laughs> Those writers deserve so much money for that. Riffing, riffing the Beatles, just making yeah. a Gone Fishing song. Yeah, that... Gone Fishing. <laughs> You're not supposed to derail the episode. Stop, <laughs> stop doing that. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, what's kind? Of, this, this is a weird. This episode has a really weird scope to it. So he's told to be ill, and it's kind of confusing because he's. Oh, I screwed up. The ill part doesn't come till the next episode because Sir Handel has a. Okay, so what I just said all about the Trust Thomas in the interest of not having to do re-records in the next episode. I mean, this all stuff blends in together. Yeah, Gordon with the speechless does not suggest to him to be ill there, which is a giant mess. Um, They have multiple conversations. Back-to-back episodes. Sir Handel and Gordon are just scheming. It's like a little finger of Ares type situation in Game of Thrones. Yeah, this is... um. Sir Handel goes, and he goes, uh, he, he decides he goes to the top station, and he wants to take a nap, and instead, he's told that he has to go to the quarry. And, I mean, frankly, Sir Handel wants a rest, he wants to cool off, maybe he would be less of a dick to the trucks if he, uh, got to go and actually have a rest, but, um... He's told not to, and what he does, we, I mean, in, in a lot of other episodes, we've talked about free will and everything. Strandall derails him. Isn't it kind of odd that the engines can do that? They can just throw them. They can't, they need a driver to function, but if they want to, they can throw, they can kind of like jerk and hoist. It, mm-hmm. It's like they're resisting their lack of free will, and the product of that is just this little teensy bit of free will where they're able to throw themselves off. Isn't that kind of odd? Mm-hmm. And what's also odd, so he's at the top station, and presumably presumably they're far away. Like, he's, he's, he's traveled enough that he needs to have a rest. He's leaving the coaches right at the station, which seems kind of dangerous. And also, these are the narrow gauges. It's not like they have a tank engine that's going to come and actually get the coaches. But he leaves them, and he's supposed to go get the freight cars. Durrells himself. Peter Samurai's with, a wor- with workmen, uh, not work people. And... Sir Topham Hatt is with them. He's with them at the top of the station. We see it. The narrator says that Sir Topham Hatt is there. and Somehow, Sir Handel kind of gets back on the rails fairly easily. I mean, there's a works crew. It didn't seem like it was the biggest uh, problem in the world. But then Sir Topham Hatt follows him back to the back to the shed to speak to him there. So why did Sir Topham Hatt go so far out of his way, so far to the top station, and not discipline him there? He waits for them to go all the way back. What was the point of Sir Topham Hatt even going out there? Why did we need that that point that scene in the shed where he's scolded by Sir Topham Hatt and says, you know, you're gonna be shunted here until you're able to behave? Isn't that, isn't that whole thing kind of a mess? Mm-hmm. Sir Topham Hatt is often seen out in these far-out places just to scold people like, what are you doing here? They'll be back soon. And he doesn't even actually scold them while they're out there. He goes out there. It's like, oh, Sir Topham Hatt was here. It was, it was like... It was as if they wanted to, like, pad on to Sir Handel the idea that uh, that he would get a firm talking to later. Because, I mean, Saddam Hatt probably, this is supposed to be kind of early in their tenure, Saddam Hatt really probably hasn't instilled the wrath of God into him yet. So, uh, I don't know. The whole thing is, what a mess. And it's, you know what, it's so confusing. I got confused as I was talking about it. Mess of a situation. So when, the next episode, 
And actually, it's. I was about to say you have anything else to add to this episode, but um, it's it's like they blend in together because yeah, not uh, much happened in this episode. I have very few notes on this. It's it's like oh, Strandall's angry. He thinks everything sucks. He 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 puffs himself up to to Gordon, and then he mm-hmm. falls off the rails, and then yeah. gets yelled at. And yeah, by the way, it. it's over. And and Rusty helps Peter Sam. What's actually kind of interesting, so Tara remarked as we were watching this, you know, Rusty's barely in this episode. This episode is not called Rusty Helps Peter Sam in the UK. It's called Trucks, which, I don't know. I I, I could almost argue that's maybe a little bit overly generic, but at the same time, Rusty Helps Peter Sam. Rusty is not really... He is and he isn't. So I'll actually, I'll defend the title Rusty Helps Peter Sam in one regard. So... This tape is called Rusty to the Rescue, and Rusty's on the cover. It's an orange cover. It's a nice-looking cover. And actually, when, when it comes to the Alec Baldwin era, the narrow gauges, uh, and, and those stories aren't following the books, they gave them these new faces, like the bol- the face of the like Scarlowian Boulder and Rusty. It's like these zoom-up clothes. They're very ugly. Uh, Rusty looks great. The season four... Uh, showing of all of these guys is much, much better than what came later. We get a nice little interaction. Harold just flies around, burns a lot of gas, flying around the island just looking. He said, Every- everything's accounted for. And do you think that Harold is is gay? It hmm. sounded really gay. And he even had just like that, oh, you know, just checking in. Okay, carry on. Yeah, that's... uh. Oh, nice. He was a pretty stereotypical gay in his voice and just manner. Just popping in. I think that actually was a pretty good one. Um, I wish. Do we have any quotes? Uh, yeah, that's a very. It's a. I'm Harold. Who are you? I'm Rusty. Don't recall seeing you before. What brings you this way? Stop Hat sent me to help the other engines. Well done. Cheers. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that's uh. Oh, we don't need to do all that. Splendid to see you again. I'm completing my evening's look about. That one wasn't as good. Um, okay, we're done with the impressions. So, we... It would have made sense. What's odd about this tape is most in... I think, honestly, every other case, the title episode is the first one on the tape, which makes sense. But here we have it is the fourth one. It's on the back half. We have Rusty being introduced. And this is... Multiple episodes. I mean, you can honestly count Bad Day for Sir Handel as also an introduction because they're getting new names. And it's like they're here again. It's their first appearance there. This is just really information dump after information dump. We have to meet another new character. And the scope of where Rusty's coming from and the relation of how far is the Bluebell Railway, Rusty crosses over with Stepney... What's the scope of Rusty's uh, involvement on this island? It's very odd. It seems like Rusty mm. covers more ground than basically yeah. anybody. Yeah, he's just a busybody everywhere. Apparently, and Rusty may also use she/her pronouns because I've been <laughs> calling her, I've been calling her a girl for a long time. Rusty, yeah, Rusty. Uh, Rusty meets Harold. I mean, it's kind of, it's a nice it's a nice introduction. Uh, I, I personally, I think it's pretty solid, um, but it, 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 yeah, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's a lot for a little kid to have to meet all of these new characters. 
So Rusty goes to help, and uh, Peter Sam and and Sir Handel are still basically they're they're basically still getting the hang of it, and uh, he gets. I mean, talk about. I know James has kind of a bad relationship with the freight cars, but I mean, Sir Handel seems to have basically really gotten off to the wrong foot with them immediately because several of the uh, freight cars want to do a kamikaze and literally explode themselves to just get back at him. So, I mean, you really, like, that's a that's a long, that's a really short amount of time for the pressure to boil to that kind of extent. So, and what's also kind of weird is, you know, the Scarlowy Railway is getting all this help, and yet, I mean... It was two engines at first, uh, running everything, and then now we have four, four new engines. Because I mean, Duke is not is not shown in the present state, but he's there also. We've got Sir Handel, Peter, Sam, Duke, and Rusty, and Duncan. I think comes the next tape. So I mean, it's odd how these two engines handled everything, and now all of a sudden there's just all these new people. It's very odd. And, you know, despite never seeing all these people before, Gordon is able to just, Gordon, busy engine, pulls a lot of trains, uh, is able to see Sir Handel and advises him to be ill. And, uh, which is a nice weird throwback to Trust Thomas. But And it's odd because that idea turned out really bad. And yet here's, you think Gordon is just screwing around with Sir Handel? You think Gordon <laughs> knew what was going to happen? I would hope so. <laughs> That's very in line with these engines. Yeah. And, uh. So Sir Handel pretends to be ill. He doesn't want to do... He doesn't want to pull the freight carts. I mean, ha, there's there's too many engines for them to be like, I'm not going to pull... Like, that's not a long-term strategy. So he lies about being ill. And nobody has really time to do... Nobody really has any time to put up with this crap. And uh, he... So P- Peter Sam goes and... Uh, Apparently, also, you know, it hasn't been a lot of time, and yet Sir Handel knows where to position himself at the bottom. So we have this weird hill with the, the, the slate quarry has a hill system where the contraption, uh, full freight cars go down the hill, and they pull the empty ones back up. Uh, that hill is way too steep for an, an engine to really effectively uh, pull engines up and down. Uh, I mean, think about Gordon's hill is 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 a much uh, more manageable incline, and yet these guys, I mean, these guys are struggling. So the trucks are going, uh, the loaded ones are going up, are going down, and the empty ones are going up, and Peter Sam, because her handle is sick, is going to wait for him at the bottom. And the loaded trucks hate Peter Sam, hate Sir Handel so much that they're just willing to snap the rope, fall down, and cause a really, really, really ugly accident. And even though the empty cars, apparently all the freight cars have been conspiring about this because the empty freight cars are like, no, no, call it off. That's Peter Sam. And they can't see. Apparently they have really bad eyesight because, Sir, do you think Sir Handel and Peter Sam look alike? Isn't it odd that the freight car is like... Yeah, oh. that's... When you pointed out afterwards, because when we were watching, I was like, they're different colors. This doesn't make any sense. Why would these freight cars who have a specific grudge against Sir Handel, presumably they know him. It's not just by word of mouth. They would know him. They know what he looks like. So then when you pointed out afterwards that in the books, they're actually the same color here, that makes a lot more sense. So the plot doesn't quite work 
in the um, animated, I don't know, what do you call it? The live action. video, yes, live action version versus the books when they're different colors. It made no sense. Yeah, that's uh, they would both be red uh, in, in the books. Yeah, it's odd. And Peter's, I mean, a lot of engines have have accidents and stuff. It's rare that one has an accident that leads to like a permanent, I mean, Henry gets a new boiler when he has to, he doesn't need to use the gluten-free coal anymore around the <laughs> Flying Kipper. Uh, but that we, we don't, Henry doesn't look any different. Now Peter Sam has a new, uh, well, he won't get the new funnel for a little while, but uh, and he doesn't get it this tape. But, uh, so the accident happens. Uh, he's an absolute mess. I made a meme out of that mess. Uh, looked like he was doing cocaine in the bathroom. Um, the way it was all cigarette. I don't know. That's just the way, uh, if you're listening to this years later, you can look at my Facebook page for uh, my memes, fun stuff, and Tara recommended them, and hopefully, great. as long as she doesn't go, as long as she doesn't go back to working from home, they'll, they'll keep <laughs> up. Uh, so, Rusty comes to help out, and I mean, this is not a Rusty-centric episode, and yet it's Rusty helps Peter Sam. I mean... Wouldn't, like, Workman's Comp or uh, Peter Sam's, like, liability insurance or something, I mean, wouldn't that kind of kick in? Why is it on Rusty to come help out here? Honestly, Rusty's being a busybody in all these episodes. Well, yeah, because he's a diesel. And, I mean, there's 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 steam engine supremacy here, so it's not like Rusty's being asked to pull a lot of coaches. So, yeah, he really does get kind of stuck. And, and with in the books, there's a second diesel, Fred, who's also... Even lower down the totem pole in ter- terms of like doing grunt work, uh, because because these uh, the narrow gauge line, the Scarlowy Railway, is supposed to be in a remote part. Um, the line does require a lot of maintenance that the diesels would kind of go into the mountains and sand the rails or or handle that kind of stuff. So, a little little bit of a tidbit. So Peter Sam has an ac- accident. And what, I mean, nothing bad can happen in uh, this railway or anything without uh, Straubmack coming and disciplining someone. I, you know, I mean, it, it's odd. So Straubmack is angry at Sir Handel, not really because uh, he's been so abusive to the freight cars that the freight cars are taking their own lives to get back at him. He's mad at him because he fakes sick. It's odd. I mean... To, to have this episode kind of come back and bookend and be... Is this really... Is the accident Strandall's fault? See, that's where the paint really makes a difference. It's... As you watch this video, it's not his fault. It's the freight car's fault. If they were really the same color and those freight cars didn't realize that this is Peter Sam, you know, in the books, I would say it is his fault. He's making all these enemies and then sends his lookalike into the den of lions. Well, okay, so so from that perspective, he's at fault, but for the wrong reason as demonstrated by the show, which basically says you shouldn't have, you know, you should have been the one to get hit by the freight cars. <laughs> and, and not necessarily... I mean, it's the, it's the freight car's fault, really, end of the day. Yeah. This is an intentional tort here. You know, if, if Sir Topham Hatt was coming to him saying... You shouldn't have treated the tr- freight cars so poorly that they did this to you. If that, if that, <laughs> if that had been the 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 point of of contention, I I could see it. It's not though. There's faults all around, but I will say it's not Peter Sam's fault. He's at least everyone else might be to blame, but this this wasn't fair. Rusty's not to blame either. 
Well done, yeah. cheers. Rest, Rusty the busybody. Keep up the good work. Okay, I I think that actually, if George yeah, George Carlin George Carlin looking down from heaven, rest in peace. But uh, yeah, uh, he probably liked my impression. Um, yeah, that's uh. That'd be weird. It, I wish we'd gotten the Alec Baldwin before that happened. Odd. Oof. We're not even close either. Uh, we got a couple more before that. Well, a couple years. Uh, yeah. So it's weird. And then what's also odd about it, this episode would have worked really well as of as the first one because it's 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 one of the few that's it, not only is it bookended by the whole Sir Handel getting ill type thing, but um. It's also bookended by Harold seeing Rusty's. It really, it would have worked great as the first episode of the tape. And yet, we hadn't met them yet because we hadn't had Grandpa yet. So, Which has not stopped the VHS order in the past. No, no, no. We've, well, we don't need to do a, why did we do the VHS? I mean, you can't just do part one, part two, Thomas. Series one, part two. Who's going to care about that? We do the VHSs because it's more fun to do the VHS way. Anyway, you have anything else to say about this episode? I think we've covered it. Well done. Cheers. Keep up the good work. That one wasn't as good. Um, okay. Rusty to the rescue. We had Rusty helps Peter Sam. What? Okay, I got confused again, and I thought that this episode was called Rusty to the Rescue. It's not. It's not. Rusty to the Rescue is the next one. I, I don't think I've... You know, that's the other problem with doing Tom's Tank and your chill, like, every few months. I You get Rusty... You, Ian gets Rusty and... Who's to my rescue? Who's helping me out here? Um, anyway, Rusty the Rescue. So, okay. So, I mean, this episode kind of establishes that Rusty is, is every spring is going elsewhere. And so Rusty's, uh, he, he or she, whatever pronoun Rusty, they are going to the Bluebell Railway. And uh, things is really beautiful. It's a railway uh, that has narrow gauge track and it has uh, regular gauge track. And uh, I mean, accessibility for the narrow gauges. We have never seen any inclination in any other episode that uh, you know that these engines can just run on the same rail. I mean, run on parallel rails. That there's parallel rails for the engines of different gauges to interact with each other and yet somewhere as obscure as the bluebell has enough line that rusty can befriend somebody like stephanie isn't that bizarre for this niche niche branch line to have narrow gauge track for rusty to go on to were you just fuming with anger at how ridiculous a big above plot hole that was no i don't know how that stuff works (laughs) (laughs) so rusty goes to the bluebell railway and uh thinks it's amazing and then, this is maybe the dumbest part of the episode. Maybe one of the dumber points of the tape. Thomas goes by. Thomas knows who Rusty is, apparently. Thomas knows Rusty's driver well enough to know that from a different angle, if you watch if you watch this sequence as it's happening within the tape, Thomas is driving by Rusty, looking at the back of his driver's head, and yet is able, from that faraway angle on the other side, different gauge engine, nowhere near him, is able to tell that something is up with Rusty's driver, that he looks worried. Does that make any sense whatsoever? It's also uncharacteristically, like, nice and thoughtful. That's true. That's true. Thomas is not the nicest guy in the world. These engines are pretty savage to each other. I mean, Thomas is at a good tape, though. I mean, uh, until the next episode where he's just an egomaniac. I mean, 
it's funny that Thomas like remarking that the anxious driver and why is why is the driver anxious about the Bluebell Rail? Like, what's up with that either? Yeah, it's not something that should ideally be giving him a lot of stress because if if they were really being overworked, then like the engines would know it too. The the driver is taking this on his shoulders. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. So it's like he got out of a meeting with Sir Topham Hat yelling at him or something. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have any sort of executive position. He's a he's a he's a train conductor. I mean, he's a he's a driver. You know, he's probably really likes his union. Hopefully, hopefully they're unionized. I would hope so. Uh, uh Sir Topham Hat seems like a union buster. He does, uh, yeah. That's the uh, sad truth of that. So, Rusty talks to his driver, and who is anxious? And uh, later they go, and there's a narrow gauge track that's been recently, I guess, put in uh, near the main shed. Uh, Rusty goes, and there's Douglas and Percy, and Rusty's like, "Hey, I need to go to that other railway. It's like this evil place where only the diesels are. It's yeah. it's odd that we have a diesel." Because the other railway is kind of like, you know, where the hyenas are in uh, yeah. Lion King. It's like the scummy wasteland and diesels. The other thing is the the owner is like, if you find an engine that's like worthy of being like a bluebell, you have to find a bluebell engine. And we're at a point where there's frequently a shortage of steam engines so that they, they bring diesels to help fill the cracks it seemed as though this Blue Bay, Bluebell Railway was like, well, hey, Rusty the Diesel, if you find an engine that looks like us, if it's a Bluebell engine... Like, Bluebell engine is almost, like, coded for find me a steam engine. What if Rusty had gone and found a diesel and brought that back? Would that have been an issue? I don't... I, it kind of seems like it would have been an issue. It, the whole thing is kind of a mess. Uh, and we're actually... I mean, the whole steam engine... There's a literally a DVD called Steamies versus Diesels, which is... Guess what? It's not combat. It's a very odd, but this whole dynamic. Is... is there an ecological difference in a diesel train versus the steam engines that are running off coal? I presume, like, isn't this all kind of bad fossil fuels anyway? Yes, it is bad. Yeah. Um, the diesels are kind of seen as dirtier. It, I don't know. The coal, it's a lot of coal. Yeah, I, w- I would think diesel would be... You look at you look in the opening credits for Shining Time, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fumes coming out of that steam mm-hmm. engine. God, I love it whenever we watch an old British period drama where there's a steam train. I just... It might be a trans thing, honestly. I mean, I've... I've guess what? I've been trans my whole life, and I love Thomas my whole life. Uh, I know a lot... I know a disproportionate amount of trans people who like trains. Um, I mean, who doesn't like trains? Let's be serious. Anyway. Uh, so, the other way, Rusty... I mean, doesn't Rusty have work? How is Rusty able to go on this, See, like... he's a busybody. He takes this day-long journey. He, they get there late at night. It does. It takes... And it's, it takes so long, there's a party for them when they get back. Oh, yeah. It's daytime when they get back. And how did the people know they would actually be successful? And they have this whole party. What, 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 what would happen if Rusty came back and, like... Empty-handed. Or even worse, if Diesel came back and was like, yo, yo, worthy top. Yeah, that's, uh, yo, worthy. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, we see Diesel. We see every, just just like with Oliver, we see every Diesel. We see Boko. We see Daisy. We see Mavis. 
Uh, we see Diesel, sadly, Diesel number 10, I don't think was a model yet. How sad, how sad. Oliver, oddly enough, doesn't appear anywhere in this tape, and yet he's uh, referenced. He says, uh, you know, we found Oliver there. Rusty goes and uh, takes him a day. They get, uh, they go to find the Blue Bell engine, and uh, they go there, and then once again, we have this sort of omniscient narrator-type voice saying, like, you know, where are you? And thank God Rusty's a Diesel... Why does why do they care? Like, is the worth of of scrapping a steam engine like is it really worth more than like the value of restoring that? And it, it seems odd that it would be kind of controversial for them to like go and actually take the steam engine. Yet it's it's portrayed as this like epic rescue. And and Stepney notes uh, when they've made it across the border, like it's it's very it's Rusty has to pretend to be an inspection diesel. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. He has to go to scrap. And then we have Stepney. So Rusty is... Rusty's in the other railway, is allowed in as an inspection engine. It's weird they have to be kind of cryptic to the narr- to the person and say, like, you know, we're here to inspect. Do you have any... Ste- you know, do you have any engines? And then off to the siding, the guy's like, well, yeah, there's one. And they go there, and they... How long has Stepney been there? And what's his driver? Like, Duke's driver shuts him up and goes to find work, gives him a nice bonnet, and then goes to find work. Stepney's driver is drinking cocoa in the middle of the night in this scariest shit area. Like, what's up with that? And it's clear that Stepney's been here out of service for a while because of the amount of work it takes to get him going again. This was not just resting for the night. The driver's going to go home. It's like the driver, the wife left him, and this is where he lives now. And so what's also weird is, I mean, Rusty, as a narrow gauge, is able to navigate and go to Stepney right right alongside Stepney. But then Rusty goes over and says, excuse me, do you like bluebells? What the fuck? What? And he's like, oh, yes, bluebells are great. Like, it. If Rusty came up and was like, do you like anything? To, like, Stepney would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do. Get me out of here, please. Like, excuse me. Do you like... What if Stepney said, I fucking hate bluebells? <laughs> what would he do? God. What a weird... Excuse me. Do you like bluebells? Good God. What a weird situation. So then, thankfully... Thankfully, Rusty's engineer, and, you know, he brings a driver as an engineer. His engineer agrees to be Stepney's fireman. Now, Stepney is in the books, and it's it's kind of important to, to it's important to bring that up because, I mean, Stepney appears in, I want to say, at least two or three other stories in uh, besides uh, the next one, Thomas and Stepney. He does appear in a, you, you could probably fill a tape with just Stepney stories, but it's at an interesting time because he'll appear in a, at least, I think he appears in two other tapes. We're, we're going to be dealing with a dynamic in the next couple moving forward of we have uh, a couple narrow gauge stories and then a couple with the regular engines. So it's odd within that, like Thomas and friends, Thomas's crew are, are basically totally sidelined in favor of these new narrow gauges. It's weird that in... in well, this is a hybrid narrow gauge, not narrow gauge story, essentially. But it's weird that in the ones that aren't really emphasizing the Scarlowy Railway, like, you're still not pivoting to the main cat. Like, this is this is a tape full of characters that a, a kid is 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 not gonna it's it's all it's all new people. 
it, it's just odd. It's it's odd that they wouldn't take the chance to say, okay, we've just introduced, like, there's six episodes on this tape. Why don't we just do a story that's about characters you already know? It, it's just weird how this is ordered because it's just new character after new character after new character. Thomas and Stepney, the final one, is is finally like, okay, let's bring a character you know and, and kind of center them. It's a little odd, a little odd. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh... He rescues him. Stephanie is thankful to be... And the anxiety of that. What's kind of interesting as this compares... Stephanie's had a driver who was just sitting there. When when Douglas goes to rescue Oliver, Oliver and Toad were actively just about to escape. So it's just kind of odd that like they were in the middle of an active trying to get the hell out of there. Stephanie, what was his what was his plan? It's not really clear. I don't know. Anyway, do you think that's a big plot hole? In the grand scheme of things, like there's a lot of plot holes in this. Well, just like what's going on? Is is Rusty really the best person to do this, or is it just because he has to insert himself everywhere? Like Douglas, I, do you think actually? Okay, is here's a here's a counter argument. I mean, maybe Boko would have been the 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 smartest one to send. Not, not, I mean, Boko. I don't think Boko has a starring role. I think really ever again. Really, I think we're basically done with Boko, uh, which is unfortunate because I really like memeing with him. But um, it's odd because Douglas basically references that only Diesels can go there. Do you think that they switched the policy because of Douglas breaking Oliver out? Because how come it seems as though Rusty is is framed really as Rusty's the only one who could come to the rescue? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's odd. And what's even more odd is that there's this party. How did yep. they know that when they were getting back? Did they stop to like get like a, a meal or something? Like they do show that there are some kind of like phone systems. It's unclear exactly like what decade these videos really are. If the books are written in a certain time period. Like, when the vet was called for the cows that got out or something, like, they had phones, but we don't see them stopping to call back to the station to say, we were successful, we got a train, set up a party. Well, what's interesting, that that episode you just referenced would have been much after this also, that we did, uh, that was part of our Christmas coverage last time where we broke the order, uh... We picked a Christmas tape that had episodes we hadn't done before, which was nice. Um, I think it had one that with the the repurposed Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, November's come around the corner. We can watch the Thanksgiving episode. That's just another Christmas episode rebranded. Yeah, what's also odd when when they rescue Oliver, Oliver's filthy, and they they paint him and give him a nice new color. Stepney, Stepney looked pretty good. Yeah, that's this is a weird episode. A nice party. I mean, the party looked pretty fun. It was nice that they did that. Mm-hmm. That's that's great to have a nice welcome. Like we are here for you. We are not jerks of engines. Well, yeah, because when Oliver comes, Sir Matt, like when Oliver comes, it's kind of cryptic because the other engines are like, "Well, we do need another engine," and then Sir Matt's like playing coy with them, and he's like, "Yes, and Oliver will be great," and it, it's a weird thing. And this is just like, okay, we're not gonna be cryptic. We're just gonna have a huge party. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You have anything else to say about this episode? Uh, just reemphasizing the fact that Rusty is still being a busybody. Yeah. Well, I, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Letterkenny, uh, this is his, 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 the name of the tape, Tara. So, he, his busybodiness got him P 
Peter Sam doesn't get a tape named after him. Gallon Old Engine is not, is in reference to, I think it's in reference to Renee. I mean, it may be a dual Scarlowy Renee's type dynamic, but it, they're not named. So Rusty's like the only narrow gauge who actually gets a tape named after himself. So to do, uh, we're on the final episode of the tape. I thought this would be a shorter episode. I don't think it's shorter. Uh, it's Thomas Tankage and Chill. Uh, so Thomas is running his branch line. What's weird is he says to Percy, my branch line is the pride of the line. Thomas's branch line is really run by Thomas, Percy, Toby, and Daisy. So it's like if his branch line is the pride of the line and, and Percy kind of does duel with the harbor and with Thomas's branch line, if he says my branch line is the pride of the line, I mean, it, it is also Percy's branch line too. It's very odd. And then Percy's just coincidentally talking about, he says, you know, you say it's the pride of the line. There's this branch line with a it's fam it's as famous as yours. And uh, by the way, he's gonna visit. But he's when's he gonna visit? I don't know. But he's gonna visit. By the way, he visits later in the same episode. It's very isn't that just kind of a coincidence that Percy would be talking about the Bluebell engine? A little uh, little odd. Apparently, this episode aired before uh, Rusty helps Peter Sam out. So, American audiences, this would be Rusty's debut, because Rusty has kind of a cameo in this. Because Rusty is apparently part of the Narrow Gauge Railway, but he's still the blue... What? This is the oddest part. The Bluebell Blue Railway is small, and it's extremely far away, and yet Rusty is over there seeing Stepney. Like, how far could it be? What does Rusty do all day? Does he travel that... I mean... Does Rusty's driver have a family? I mean, it's almost like, how could he? He's got too much travel to do. His, <laughs> wi his wife probably left him. I don't know. Or his husband. I don't know. It's the whole thing. It's very odd. And what's also odd? Okay, so Stepney was in Scrap. He has to pretend that... Maybe Stepney doesn't actually like Bluebells because he's depressed. A short time after... I want to say a short time. It's maybe not a short time because his Bluebell Railway is famous. It's famous, and yet this episode happens right after the other one. How long has Stepney been on the Bluebell Railway? Long enough to be depressed, needs a run, hasn't had the run to meet everybody else, even though he basically becomes a regular character for the rest of the season. He's in a lot of episodes. So... He just went to the Bluebell Railway, but he's also sick of it, needs a run, hasn't met anybody else. What's going on? This timeline doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You think it's a mess? Why didn't Sir Top Matt take the Bluebell Railway? F I mean, Stepney for himself. He needs steam engines. This this is just... I don't know. It's 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 odd. And, and if Stepney's being rescued from scrap, why is he complaining about the length of his railway line? Like, That's a good point. Beggars can't be choosers. It's very, very, very odd. So, you know, he... he his driver is also anxious about how short it is and was thinking the same thing, that they need to run. So Sir Dot Matt invites them. They basically invite themselves because... Yeah. Do they, I mean, they get an invitation to go to Sir Topham Hat that night to go visit the main railway. They're really anxious. They need to run in the run. I mean, the driver totally called Sir Topham Hat. It's like, hey, I got a depressed day. Who cares if the engine is depressed? The, it's, what's he going to do? Throw himself off the rail? What? 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 
they seem to be depressed about a lot of things, and the engines don't seem to care. I mean, did Sir Top of Matt try to talk it out with Sir Handel when he was pretending to be ill? No, he went straight to discipline. And w- was Smudger maybe depressed? Did did they give him a chance? I this is just this is really this is a mess. So anyway, Stepney goes and he goes to the main railway, and uh, the engines are all kind of gathered around as if and. They're all gathered around. They're basically all there. M- most of the main engines are all there. And yet, he w- Stepney wasn't supposed to arrive. And yet, there's a crowd also there to greet him. But Percy, I mean, maybe Percy was just lost because then the signal happened. Stepney, Stepney's music came. Have we talked about, I really, probably one of the best parts about this era is, is the music. Stepney's theme song is great. The Bluebell music. Mm-hmm. It's uh, nice and pleasant. And the narrow gauges, really, they have, we'll, we'll see even more of their music. It's it's very calming. It, I, I like it a lot. I, I remember being a kid that a lot of time, I mean, some, especially, like, a lot of times I'd go to Tom, watch Thomas tapes because it would be like a Sunday afternoon, there was nothing on TV, no, no, you know, PBS and stuff would be showing adult, adult stuff. Yeah, he had like Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and uh, Cartoon Network, I don't know. I think that would have came out right around this time. So there wasn't a lot that you would have wa- like want to watch. I just remember like the nostalgia of of being a little kid and that music and just it's always a nice choice. A really really nice 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 score. Some of the best music I think probably of, of the series and Stepney is certainly a example of that. Stepney comes and uh goes to Napford Good to see Napford Station. Which Napford Station gets used a lot this season, which is nice. We'll see that with Thomas in the special letter. Thomas meets the Queen, Her Majesty. Uh, that's all very, very nice. And uh, Douglas C. Stepney. They don't really bond over the uh, scrapyard that they would have both had spent some time in. Douglas going to rescue Oliver. That's kind of odd. Oh, we get a nice Edward cameo. Stepney then gets paired with Duck, and Duck, Duck, doesn't really what's weird is that edward says to stepney he compares he says you have to meet thomas thomas has a famous branch line too edward and duck also have branch lines they have like the three branch lines uh edward's branch line is very 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 we've talked about this in other episodes is very infrequently mentioned i don't think it's mentioned again i think on in in this uh show and if it does i'll be sure to point it out but uh, they're really framing Thomas because they just like a few episodes prior were talking about how Oliver and Duck have, they call it the Great Western Line, so and yet Duck is here essentially fulfilling the role that he came to the island of Sodor to do, and Duck takes charge, and he's basically shunting. Have you ever heard of an instance where a man can just go to a railway and demand a special and get a train that that negates that that takes all the other trains and they go? They, they, like they said all of the trains had to stop. Thomas, Thomas is about because Thomas is irked. He's they kind of framed as being jealous of Stepney in a lot of ways. Thomas's train is about to go and they get shunted because a special passenger. Maybe Saramad's brother or something has to has to just get a special with Stepney. I mean it, that that's really bizarre. It's bizarre. It's a lot of special treatment. Because Stepney and Doc are basically shunting, which is kind of. I mean, Stepney wanted to run, and yeah, yet, like he comes and he has to do with the grunt work. Yeah, it's very odd. It's very the whole thing is very strange. 
and it's so last minute. Like, wouldn't you say, okay, you can have your special train, but let 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 Thomas's final branch, like Thomas's final branch line train of the night. Probably people trying to want to want to go home, and they have to get shunted to a siding because of some rich rich asshole. I mean, that's capitalism, but it's a mess. It's very rude. And I mean, like it's called Thomas and Stephanie. I mean, Stephanie doesn't get his run. He gets a run. Uh, Thomas, Duck, and Stephanie have to pull the express. The three of them in a future episode that's coming uh, in a tape or two. Uh, that's very odd. Uh, Thomas is all jealous. I mean, Duck is almost kind of like introduced as like as as a as a sort of foil to Thomas. Like he he exists basically basically in this episode so that Thomas can be jealous of Stephanie and Duck hanging out. And then the special, and he's furious, and he's fuming. This is this is a book. I mean, this is a episode really about ego, and it's yeah, and it, it it's about kind of projection too, because Thomas has all this ego about Stephanie. He hasn't really met Stephanie yet, and Stephanie Stephanie looks of all the engines. Stephanie looks the most like Thomas. He he also has three wheels. Like Oliver only has two big wheels and a small wheel. Like Oliver looks a lot like Thomas too, but he's he's got a different frame. Stephanie has basically, on, on his buffers, he has, like, the two red things that stand up. But, like, and his, his buffers are white, or, and Thomas's are black. Um, they look very, very, very similar, though. Like, Percy's smaller. Duck has got a different frame than Thomas. I mean, Stephanie's basically modeled off Thomas. They're kind of meant to be sort of foils in the books, but uh, it's just weird. And then Thomas is grumbling, and Stephanie's still pulling the coaches, comes by in the shed, and is like, sorry, we gotta... What's also odd is that it was this special chartered train that Stephanie takes. Duck let him take it, though. I mean, wouldn't you think that this random-ass chartered train would say, yeah, give me the... I want the fucking Bluebell engine. Give me the Bluebell engine. It's just... The whole thing is odd. I don't know. I guess. What's the point of this episode? Thomas gets an ego, and then the ego is solved just by talking it out very briefly and realizing Stephanie flatters Thomas, is like, you're the expert, and Thomas is like, yeah, yeah, I am the expert. And that's kind of it. Why isn't Thomas on his branch line? What's he doing in the main shed? I don't know. <laughs> what is mess? I don't know. This, this is a weird episode. The special train? What's it? Wh- who's pulling the special train? Why is this happening? I don't know. This is... Hey, hey. We've got gone. Well, I was about to say we're done, but we're not done because we have gone fishing, fun, gone fishing, and it's sunny all day, and you're on your way. It's such such a great song, and they pulled all of these moments with water, including as you had pointed out when you were watching the bucket with holes. Yeah, with uh, Thomas gets his boiler gets filled with fish because he's so good. and then uh, Stratman eats the fish. God, that's really. Uh, Somebody made a meme of Sir Topamat eating the fish that was in Thomas's boiler. And this is like, I think, the James Learns a Lesson, the second tape. Uh, Thomas gets the fish, and Sir Topamat's literally eating. They made fish and chips, and Sir Topamat's sitting aboard Thomas, but somebody photoshopped Gordon Ramsay's face onto it, and he's eating the fish, and Gordon Ramsay's saying, Finally, some good fucking food. <laughs> Pretty fun. Uh, Gone Fishing is a stupid song. Some original footage that has to be the scene where Thomas is um there there's a scene like midway through of that's clearly them fishing uh 
like uh or or getting the the bucket but there's a couple of random scenes of thomas and his driver uh and fireman fishing just like him casually sitting on the side of his branch line or somewhere and one time of him at the harbor too that I, those i don't think are in any any single uh episode i can think of that that would have probably been original footage uh the the christmas episode we covered that had a song would have had some brief original footage uh so i mean as a kid i tended to skip the songs because i thought they were dumb and i mean they are dumb this is not a it's a sunny old day and you're on your way yeah that's uh i think i said sunny all day when i was singing it i sang it wrong you can yell at me um yeah, there's there's some some brief footage used here and there. A uh, lot of different episodes, and uh, including a couple uh, Peter Sam and the Refreshment Lady, Passengers and Polish, uh, those four little engines. Those haven't been shown yet uh, in America on the VHS. Um, yeah, okay. There's so Thomas is at the bridge, driving fireman, and the harbor. And uh, there's another shot footage of him with Annie and Clarabelle. And then all of the signs saying, uh, gone fishing. Thank you, Thomas Wickey. Yeah, this is, uh, it's odd. It's odd. This is in very weird. And apparently the Japanese version of this song, there's no music. It's just a sing. Oh, no, there's just one singer. Not chorus. There is the music, though. It's very odd. I don't know. Do you like the songs? You, we've, heard, we've heard a couple songs uh, now. The one on the last tape was not great, but this one was pretty fun. You're talking about Thomas the Tank Engine? That one's like my favorite. That and Night Train are my favorite whenever Night Train comes up. Mm. Yeah. I thought that there had been like some really stupid one on the last. Uh, that would have been the Christmas one, maybe? Yeah. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I think that was that. That's pretty stupid. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. Did you miss Thomas the Tank Engine and Chill? Uh, it's fun. We've been busy. <laughs> We have been busy. Uh, I think we're probably... Uh, you have anything else to say about this tape? What was your favorite one on this tape? Um, I did like the storytelling with Thomas, uh, with Duke and then saving Duke. Graham Huff. Yeah. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, that that was fun. Fun two episodes. I, you know, I, 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 I literally spent the whole episode dumping on it, but Rusty of the Rescue is a lot of fun. And the Rusty interaction with Harold, it's... My sheet are, uh, cheers. I'm not looking at the quote anymore. I'm doing, you've heard me do that enough times. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Did you, what was your least favorite part about the tape? Um. Was it too much? Were, did we get too many new things in this tape? Uh, not necessarily. There was one, like, a long time ago that had, like, a ton of new characters. Uh-huh. These were, like, kind of slow and, like, Good quality introductions. It's true, yeah. Well, this, I mean, this does table. This is important table setting because the next couple tapes we'll cover through the through the George Carlin era. We'll have a lot of narrow gauge episodes, so it's important that we got to know. And we'll see Dun- We'll meet Duncan, and then I mean, Reneas will be introduced into the main narrative, and a lot of introductions, and not a lot of uh, not a lot of time spent with them. I mean, that's kind of the frustrating thing. We met Bill and Ben. We had Boko. And a lot of new characters. They get introduced. Oliver. Oliver has an episode coming up with Scruffy. God, that's a mess. That's a mess of an episode. Anyway, we will get to all of that. We'll try not to take as long of a break in between these, but uh, you know, we've been busy, but we're still together. Um, I think, honestly, at this point, we'd have to, if, even if we were to break up, which, of course, is not going to happen, we would have to finish the George Carlins. I don't know. That's a scenario that's not going to happen. Isn't that right, Turbo? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> uh, okay. I think we're good. I think we are ready for Thomas the Tank. And thank you so much for listening. And we will uh, see you next time. <laughs>